What's up, guys? Hope you're doing well today. Cloud with you here. I've got First John chapter four, verses one through six. There's a lot of information today. Full disclosure: I just finished a sermon prep on this, and uh, so I'm kind of got all this information. I'm trying to whittle down and to get smaller into a podcast format. And so, let's just dig in. We got a long ways to go and a short time to get there. So this is First John chapter four, verses one through six. I'm reading out of the ESV. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and you have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And so right away, this section is dealing with, yet again, the false teaching that John is dealing with in this area in Asia Minor, these churches that he's writing to. It's a, it's a gospel tract that he's dealing with uh, cultural, contemporary issues of the day. And so, it's false teaching. It's, it's common. So, in the notes, uh, I wrote, first of all, like, spiritual activity is not necessarily godly activity. And so, keep in mind... He's writing to Christians, and so he's not writing to people that are self-professed unbelievers. He's writing to Christians. And so I think this applies today in the church because he, you know, he's saying every spirit, like there's multiple spirits, so like test the spirits, and he's using plural. And so that just is a reminder, like, I hope this isn't offensive to maybe you or someone you know, but there's some folks in church that just, they're just plain old weird sometimes, and they're like, the, I'm feeling the spiritual blah, 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 blah. And they're like, they're like hyper spiritual. Uh, and we all have seasons where we're more attuned and then not like, I'm don't, don't get me wrong, but just ne it's not necessarily godly activity, right? That people will say like, Hey, the spirit's telling me to, and it's like, mm, don't think that he would tell you to do something that conflicts with scripture, but okay. Just odd. Right. And so we see this in, again, Paul writes in Ephesians six, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so there's spiritual activity. That's not necessarily godly activity. It's, it could be demonic, right? There's, there's bad spirits in the world as well. And so we need to be careful to be hyper-spiritual. And then just a reminder, like, that comes with that hyper-spirituality is a lot of times opens the door to false teaching, which is what John is dealing with. Verse one, he says, many false prophets have gone out into the world. And then just historically, we know, like, this is just a reminder. We talked about this, I think, in the very first episode. Brady's touched on it, but John is dealing with Gnosticism. There was a cult during the day. It had many different kind of sects or different camps you had the Docetists, and you had the guys that followed Corinthus. I'm sure there were more camps and different nuances of their weird kind of views. But just to boil it down, what John is dealing with, you have this group of people called Gnostics, and the name really derives from the word knowledge in and of itself. 
who are basically saying like you can arrive at a secret knowledge that's your salvation all matter is evil uh so you had one camp that said jesus was a ghost or a phantom he, he can't be human because matter's evil and so he only appeared to be human he's a phantom those were the docetists i may be pronouncing that wrong whatever then they had the corinthus camp the jesus well he was really he had a human body he was fully human but he just was an ordinary guy he wasn't god in the human flesh uh god just kind of showed up and was on on him and then uh, he showed up on him at the, the the baptism of jesus and then he had to leave when jesus died because he can't be around for that like so it's like they're, they're, it, it's wrong. It, the point is, these different camps within Gnosticism, uh, they, they err on many different sides, but it, it ultimately means the cross is totally pointless, right? And there's so many different ethical implications for, uh, I can do life how I want to do if this is true. So that's what John is dealing with. So he's writing to his original audience. He's saying, hey, don't believe all this spiritual stuff, right? There's a lot of false teachers out there. Uh, but test the spirits. And so be be critical and test, not be critical to be a jerk, but test uh, the teaching so that you know, here's how you test it. And then he goes on and talks about it, uh, speaking in the mind of Gnosticism to his audience. And so we can, of course, apply that to today's day and age. Here's how you test it. Verse two, by this, you know, the capital S spirit of God, every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And so just really quickly, I don't know if Brady's going to have time to touch on this, uh, but in verse 2, in the ESV rather than the NIV, you see this a little bit more clearly, what John was, uh, the nuances in his writing, what he was particularly trying to get at. It's very clever the way he writes. And so he says, by this you know the Spirit of God. And he, and he says, here's how you're going to know, right? And so the first thing I wrote was, here's here's the test right does it cause you to look within yourself or does it cause you to look outside yourself right that's the first look at this teaching does it cause me to look within myself or does it cause me to look outside of myself and that's why in verse two it's so clever that uh john john uses this language by this you know remember gnosticism right it's it's hard to see this in audio format but if you're looking at text Uh, Greek uses a different alphabet, but you transliterate it. It's pronounced ginosko, G-I-N-O-S-K-O. But Greek obviously uses different letters. Uh, G-N, ginna, it's na, like Gnosticism, right? That's where we get that word. And so it's just really clever in verse two. John's like, here's how you know. Here's how you come to know or ascertain. In other words, he's getting at Gnosticism. He's attacking it directly through this language. He's saying, you know, in in that camp, that false teaching, what it taught was you can you can arrive at some knowledge within yourself, uh, and and really that's your salvation is secret knowledge. And this was philosophy talk, like in the Greek world, uh, it was common back then. If you went to undergraduate at any you know school, they're gonna you know take a philosophy class, similar type discussions like. What is knowledge, like philosophy? Today, this is called epistemology. I was talking about this with my wife, and she was like, really? There's a whole branch of philosophy dedicated to to the study of 
the assertion of knowledge. I'm like, yeah, it's called epistemology. So it's like, how do you know, man? Like that kind of stuff, right? I'm being goofy, but how does one come to knowledge? That's what John is dealing with. The Gnostics taught that it came from within, right? That knowledge came from inside or a secret knowledge. Does this sound familiar? Like today, it's not all that different. Like be true to yourself. I, I just got to find myself. Uh, I got to be at peace. I got to meditate and look within, right? This, these false teachings, a lot of the, the health, wealth, weirdo stuff, like sounds the same. It's very similar. So does, here's the test. Does it cause you to look within yourself or to look outside yourself? Obviously we know we need to look outside of ourselves and look to Jesus, which is really interesting because John continues on in verse two, by this, you know, Ginosko, by this, you know, uh, Jesus Christ has come, which is also very clever in the way he's writing. Jesus has come. He's emphasizing that Jesus came from another realm entirely. He has come from the outside to in. It's not within us. It's from the outside, another realm entirely. In other words, Jesus is God. He is a deity. He's fully God. And so that goes on to the next test in the next question in the test. Does it teach both? Jesus' humanity as well as his deity. John continues on. Jesus Christ has come, right, from another realm in the flesh. And he's a guy. He's a man. He's a full, fully God and fully man. And if you think, like, all right, all right, yeah, I know. Like, that kind of test is really just for the really obvious kinds of false teaching. Like Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormonism or Islam or, or whatever. Like the real obvious ones, right? Well, if you think that's just for the weird cults and obvious false religions, then you're wrong. I found some data to back this up. There's a website called stateoftheology.com. I think Lifeway's done some stuff. They go out there and survey some people who claim to be evangelical Christians, right? And so I've got some data here. This is from evangel self you know self-proclaimed evangelical Christians, people that are in the church, right? Churchy Christian people, and they believe these things. So. 20, and these are surveyed, right? Surveyed evangelicals believe these things. 26% of those surveyed who say they're evangelical Christians say the Bible is not literally true. 26%. 73% say that Jesus is a created being. In other words, he's not fully God. 43% of surveyed evangelicals agree that Jesus was just a teacher, like just a good teacher. 57% of surveyed evangelicals believe that humans are not sinful by nature. Uh, 56 agree, 56% agree that Jesus is not the only way to God. So these are people within the church. False teaching is rampant. And so we need to ask these questions. Does it cause you to look within yourself? Does it teach both Jesus's humanity or his deity? Right. That's important. Uh, otherwise, the cross is pointless if, if, you, if Jesus isn't fully God and fully man. Some other things, we, we're running out of time. I can go on for forever, but does it sound familiar? John writes this, many antichrists have gone out into the world already. And when we hear antichrist, we're all like, huh? like is, this, is this this person? Is this this politician or whatever? Like the, the antichrist here is with the lowercase a. He's talking about a type of a capital A antichrist. So whatever your view of the end times, you have to, kind of assume the fact that there are types of capital A antichrist, not necessarily into the world bringing antichrist, but types that follow something that is antithetical 
to, to Christ. And, and John says, well, they're already in the world. And so in every age and every era, uh, there's a type of antithetical, anti-flourishing of the world, antichrist that's out there. And it, it, it it's just going to keep popping up, up and again, again. It's, if it's a type, then they're going to follow a similar pattern. And so I think I stole this off uh, another book I was reading, but um, I worded it this way. New truth is really just old heresy. Anytime you have someone that's like, hey, here's a new kind of teaching. Right, Burke Parsons said this. He said, saying you're a new kind of Christian with a new kind of teaching is basically saying you're an old kind of heretic. You're an old kind of false teacher. And so does it sound familiar? Like, have we heard this before? We've talked about some of these weird things in Gnosticism, but not all that different from some of the weird stuff we hear today. Does it sound familiar? The next one, as we're testing, does it let this, does this teaching let you accept some things that Jesus said and not others? Does it, does it challenge you in any way? Does scripture teach something against you? Does this false teaching challenge you, right? If it, if it lets you do whatever it is that you want to do, right, then probably too good to be true, right? I mean, even the Bible speaks against us. Like we're not the heroes of the peace. We're sinners. We need to lay down our arms and surrender to Jesus. Like a lot of other false teaching will promote you rather than talk against you. And so another thing's like anti-Christian or false teaching doesn't necessarily look like an open denial. It's not always going to look like, you know, atheism or, or whatever. It might look kind of Christian-ish. And so John is saying we need to be careful about that. Does it let you accept some things Jesus said or not others? Um, there's, there's plenty of examples in the culture. Uh, and so we, we don't have time to go into all that. The next one is kind of the closing part in this section. We'll kind of leave it today. Ultimately, we've asked some questions for you to ascertain whether we can know what is truth and what is error. But at the end of the day, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. If if God is in you and the Holy Spirit resides in you, then you can take confidence in that. That's something that no false teaching will ever offer us is being indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And his truth will ultimately stand the test of time no matter what anybody else teaches. What are some practical takeaways other than what we've talked about? Well, a lot of people, I think, when they read this, were like, well, do I need to study like Mormonism and do I need to study like Islam and all these other false teachings. Well, I mean, it's helpful to know those things. It's helpful to know, like, oh, okay, here's here's some wrong thing. Like, it's helpful to know that. But as an illustration, uh, I know you've probably heard this before, but bank tellers, right? They don't necessarily study counterfeit bi- bills. They handle the real things so much that they easily tell the difference. And so as a practical takeaway today, you don't have to get caught up in, like, studying all these books on different different religions out there that could be helpful if you're into that I, I mean that's always a good thing to be aware but the real test is do you know jesus right take the test take put it to the test and know jesus the real thing and get to know him more and more every day by reading the word for yourself uh, hope this is encouraging you guys sorry for going a little bit long but y'all have a great day and we'll see you on the next episode 